0: Hello and welcome to another episode of XYZ at Work. Today we have a very special episode for you as we are welcoming our first guest onto the podcast. We Woo-hoo! couldn't think, <laughs> great hype, Liv, Thank you. We could not think of a better human to pop our special guest, Cherry, than who we have for you today, the wonderful Madeline McMahon. Importantly, June marks Pride Month, an annual LGBTQI plus Pride celebration. And we're lucky to have Mads join us today to delve with us into the topic of pride and belonging. While we know that across the globe we're having various conversations and events that recognise the influence that the LGBTQI community have had and the importance of inclusion, we want to particularly discuss the topic of belonging together. Mads is a former colleague of ours. Well, actually, she was what we called our fearless leader when we worked together in a previous life. I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say Mads has truly helped us all experience belonging in the workplace. Mads is also a proud lesbian who, over the years, has seen and experienced firsthand various shifts in acceptance, inclusion, and creating a supportive environment for the LGBTQI community in the workplace. So, today we're going to get Mads' thoughts on what belonging means to her, why it even matters, both in the workplace and more broadly, too. We're going to discuss how the feeling and concept of belonging in the workplace has changed over time for each of us and how that might be different across generations. Lastly, we're going to chat a little bit about allyship and how important it is to create a feeling of belonging. Now, I have a feeling that we could be talking for hours, so I think we should jump straight into it. I'll pass over to Ali to do an acknowledgement of country.
1: Thanks, Indy. So we would like to begin this podcast as we usually do, and that's by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the lands in which we're all calling in from today. And for me, that's the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation from the Bondi area in Sydney in this uh, semi-sunny, beautiful day. And I pay my respects to the elders of these lands, past, present, and all First Nations peoples, and also acknowledge the custodians of the lands in which you're all dialing in um, to from today and also listening in from
2: Mads, welcome to the hot seat. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So good to have you today. Um, For everyone who's listening in, a bit of context. um, Mads and I actually knew each other as friends before colleagues. We met um, through surfing and Mads was the fearless leader of the Bondi Girls Surf Riders. Um, And then um, ended up working together um, as a result of that. And... I, I was just chatting offline to Mads earlier about the fact that when I started working with her, I noticed that perhaps her sense of being able to truly express herself at work versus what I knew of her um, personally was perhaps a bit different. And I also saw that over many years change and and progress. And and so I guess that's where I'm really keen to start. You know, while we have you here. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you have, um, yeah, your experience of belonging in the workplace and how that's shifted over the years.
3: Thanks, Liv. Um, It's very much a privilege to be spending time with you, by the way, so thank (laughs) you for for the invite. Um, Yeah, look, I I think uh, when I came out uh, originally to my family, it was quite a traumatic time because I was rejected by some of the people that... um, I love the most and I thought uh, sort of loved me the most and and accepted me for who I was um and once you sort of have that sense of belonging and that it's ripped away you then understand how important it is to you and, and how devastating it can be um and of course if you haven't got the matur- maturity or the language to work through that or all the, the networks you end up going on this journey by yourself and you make it up as you go along so the upside from my experience, and everyone's experience is is different, but the upside from my experience was it d- definitely made me stronger in terms of who I wanted to be, even though I, I wasn't a baked cake. Um, it made me more compassionate, so I, I sort of got ripped out of my sort of safety of my middle-class white life. Um, but on the downside, you end up building up these fears inside about how people do respond to you for who you are, and you end up Part of you rejects yourself, uh, whilst also trying to deal with the rejection of people you want. So you feel like you almost don't belong in yourself, let alone let alone for other people. So when you carry that into your workplace, so because you usually yeah, come I was going to
2: say why work over like I don't know a surf club for example. You know, it's interesting to me that that yeah, it's that, those boundaries fit around work specifically
3: yeah because so much more of work i think is um you know we talk a lot about work your brand and your persona, and it's this yes. whole language at work that puts pressure on what you are what do you bring to work what's your performance mm-hmm. what's your mm. and it's all about expectations 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 whereas as you know when you just go surfing it was actually my safe place and yeah. i knew that people that went surfing and i was so confident in my surfing that i just i never questioned myself doing it whereas in the work you come in as this sort of bright young thing to impress you have to prove don't yeah, you Yeah, that's right it's about impressing and we all that is so unspoken but it's so pervasive and until you're trying and and we all trying to do it in different ways but as a gay person you have this extra layer or as a trans person or as a black person or as a mm. you have this extra layer because there's all these sort of assumptions that you bring in about yourself because of your experience with it but also you others are looking at you and you're like how is that coming across to how they're accepting me as a, a person that wants to do good things mm. in the workplace so um, you know I did carry that into the workplace and of course then you're you're trying to work out who do I need to be instead of saying who do I want to be in this workplace because you've got to impress people that you're scared because you've had people that love you the most reject you what's going to happen in the workplace when they find out who you are yeah and and it's almost like and 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 every other gay or you know Um, trans person or or part of our our queer community you come across have their own little uh, battle with that that you see but probably no one else sees Mm -hmm. and you're just you're just petrified of what people are going to think of you and whether it's going to you know come at a cost to the thing you're trying to do which is contribute your best work to something that hopefully is more meaningful you know and and you know important for the team organization etc.
1: Yeah, that's. Thank you for sharing that. That Mads, and yeah. um, and one way that you, I've heard you described what you've just shared with us in the past is around this concept of conditional belonging, um, oh. as the way that you have talked about it a little bit. And I'm curious around your thoughts on on how you think that this impacts your ability to be productive and effective, you know, in your role in your organisation as you've sort of just alluded to. And interestingly, I was just recently reading an HBR article around the value of belonging at work. And it said that if workers feel that they have this, have a high sense of belonging, it was linked to a a 56% increase in in job performance, also a 50% um, drop or reduction in, in risk of turnover and a 75% reduction in in sick days. So I'm curious around, you know, perhaps your own personal experience relating to how you can contribute your your best work, um, but how perhaps, you know, that that organisation should also be really thinking about the importance of their workers or their people having this sense of belonging.
3: Yeah, thanks, Ali. I think, um, you know, once you have realised what a sense of belonging is, and then what it what it isn't um, in 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 sort of when experienced sort of some trauma. you realize that belonging is not this binary concept. It's not like suddenly you belong or then you don't belong. But you realize of this thing called conditional belonging which says oh yeah you can be gay but can you just not be so gay when we're here or (laughs) you know can you can you go and wear high heels or um and everyone has this view well intentioned of how you should be gay in the workplace and 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 how you be a better lesbian and they're doing it with the good intention because they're trying to protect you or they're trying to you know make you feel safer or whatever but you know people you know, as well as tensions as they are, it can be clunky. It can be awkward, and and you know, sometimes it's just downright creepy what what they say to you. <laughs> and and so so you sort of end up in this place where you go, okay, to belong, I need to do this or I need to do that. Now that's fine if what what you need to do is easily to change and it doesn't go to the core of who you are. Mm. But it's, so so if you want to, you know, be part of the. If, if 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 I want to be part of a bikie gang, I can go and buy a bike, and if I don't, I don't have to but the the, the problem that you have is when it's part of who you are, you can't change it mm. so so you sort of end up in this place where you either reject their offer of belonging because you you don't want to do what they're suggesting is a really reasonable and sensible thing for you to do to be able to belong to make them feel comfortable and and yet you really need to be able to belong. So, you, so you're so you sort of left in this sort of, well, am I offending this person? Or, and maybe I don't belong because I am just a weirdo. And and so to, to get to your sort of um, comment on productivity, it's not surprising to me because you've got limited energy you bring into your work every day. And if you're expending a heap of that energy on just deciding who you need to be to belong to produce mm-hmm. your best, mm-hmm. Then you've just got less less energy Mm -hmm. um and you're second guessing yourself all the time and you're second guessing other people and it's this quite nuanced intense experience Mm. that quite frankly is exhausting Mm.
1: it's constant Um, sort of filter that is a barrier between before you do or or say something
3: perhaps i'm curious around
1: Mm -hmm. one of your and and
3: (laughs) if if i could just say to be fair A lot of that is an expectation that I put on myself, Mm. not necessarily what other people were doing around me. So I think, you know, I've got to make that point as well. It's not all about, you know, other people. A lot of it's about myself as well.
2: I noticed Mads, like we worked together for a decade or more, Mm. and I noticed over that time a real shift in, um, at least openly, you know, Mm. how, how you could really step into, who you Mm. are were and are and your identity Mm. do you want to just talk us through like your perception of how either the world around you has changed or how Mm. you have changed um over you know the the, your your time working
3: yeah look i think i think definitely I, i i think it took me a long time to come out completely so it's not a um you don't suddenly just wake up someday and go, Oh, I just accept myself how I am. And it, it just, it, it's a gradual thing. And the more you interact with people and their support of you, you, your fear diminishes. And, and I was very lucky in my career because I had so many supportive people. And m- many of my fears never came to fruition. In fact, I had very supportive workplaces. And even, you know, the number of times I, I did have to deal with the clunky, awkward, somewhat creepy, you. <laughs> you sort of learn over time that that's that is people trying to trying to do their best and that just like you don't want them to put expectations on you I didn't want to put expectations on them anyway but mm. but I think um you know what what was really valuable for me and I think the the turning point for me was my my um my sort of straight ally friends within the workplace and colleagues their support almost meant more to me than, than the support of others in, in the queer community because I said, well, if they can accept me for who I am, that that means I'm OK. And and, and this is, you know, not something that I'm particularly proud of, that going, well, if other people, queer people, because I sort of, well, we're all queer, so of course we're going to re- relate to each other. <laughs> but it was, there was a few allies in the workplace that I think just, they... They almost allowed me to turn my volume up to go. Not only am I going to accept who I am, but I'm going to I'm going to speak out for those who maybe haven't got to that point, so they can accept Mm. who they are much Mm. quicker, and that we take away all those expectations. and And I'm actually going to be, you know, it's that sort of Mm. loud and proud. And I think my so so allies allowed me to turn up the volume. So. And they didn't and they didn't also allies never never said to me do this do that to fit in or whatever they would just go it was just how they responded around you they just they, you just felt no expectation they just mm. th- there was something about people that are completely comfortable themselves mm. with it that you feel when when you're around them mm. and and that that was that's been really wonderful for me.
1: No, that that's awesome, Mads. And to delve deeper onto that point, because I'm just in terms of the power of allies, as you just shared, what like is there an example around, you know, what that power looked like? You know, a, a moment. because what I'm curious about, was it the relationships that you built with colleagues that allowed that support, mm. or was it a colleague, the way that they acted, you know, independent of you too, which then. Uh, you know prove that support to yeah. me like I'm just wondering like what it was that yeah. created that moment and then sort of what that ripple effect was it, it,
3: well it, it's quite interesting um I think it was the fact that they were prepared to stand up for um queer issues that I'm, I'm sitting there looking at them going I remember talking to some some um Uh, friends once about you know how they voted in the election and I I remember going well you know gay gay rights is really important you know and these people don't agree with that and they were like oh yeah but you know it's not really a big issue for 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 us blah 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 and I remember going yeah well fair enough okay once you have got allies standing up in the workplace beside you to go actually these 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 equality issues for queer people are really, really important. You go, wow, you are prepared to use your little like precious time and energy to fight for something you're never even gonna get. Mm. You know, it's it's it yeah. doesn't even affect you. Yeah. And you're still prepared. And that that to me was just so personally inspiring because you go isn't that beautiful when people stand up for things beside people that these issues really do affect, even though they're not gonna get anything from it themselves, mm. except the feeling of supporting others that are facing inequality. Mm. And that is such a beautiful human trait. That is just, and I just got so inspired. I went, well, friggin' hell man, get off your own ass. Can I say that? <laughs> and yes, about time you turned up your own volume and and helped other people that uh have are experiencing some of what you've experienced and then make sure you do it for people who are experiencing things that you will never experience but yeah. you think it's important and and this that is true belonging when you're prepared to stand side by side with someone mm. and say i accept you and i'm prepared to stand for things that affect you even though they don't affect me mm-hmm. and awesome. to me yeah, it's awesome. that is just a just the most beautiful learning in, in, you know, one of the most beautiful learnings I've had in life. Mm. And that's the definition Mm. of selflessness, isn't it? Which does Mm. speak volumes, absolutely.
0: Um, Mads, the theme of Pride Month this month is, uh, you know, be a good human, be an ally. I'm interested to know, know, outside of June, when, you know, Pride Month ends, what would you Mm. like to see happening more in workplaces at an individual level, but also at organizational levels? Is there something that you would... know love to see more of or even whether you are part of the lgbtqi plus community or you're an ally yourself is there small things that we can do or people listening to this who want to stand up and be an ally but don't really know where to start or what to do like what from your perspective what are small things that either individuals or organizations can do to help in this space
3: yeah look i think um you can never get enough listening and and asking asking um Engaging, sort of asking questions that, that you know, what, what, one of the issues with asking questions is it can, you know, you can interrogate people. And I, I, I've been, <laughs> I, I've been, <laughs> I've been
2: Are you of accused you of that. that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
3: I sort of go. I'm so keen to understand you that I'm going to interrogate you, and you're going to tell me. And you know, peeling off all and,
1: the layers, every correct. single one, whether you like
3: it or not. Yes, yes. So secretly, my 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 intention to learn about others becomes about me again. But um, but I think it's 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 listening with your eyes and your ears. Um. Mm. and 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 noticing others and and noticing the people that are quieter, and noticing the people who may not find belonging as easily as as some of the rest of us. and 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 do things in watching them with both your eyes and your ears, do things that will help them feel comfortable. Um, mm. And that's different for everyone, but I think we all need to belong, and we all carry different. Um, you know, things that make it difficult to accept ourselves completely. And I think what's interesting for me is the minute the minute you're trying to protect something of who you are, whether you're a part of the queer community, whether it's sort of a different race, different religion, doesn't mm. matter, whenever you're trying to protect, then you can't give to others and, mm. and really see with all your heart. Um, and I think it's, yeah...
2: I was going to say it's funny because sometimes that that good intention, it can come out in a clunky and creepy way, but as you've so generously suggested, it's best to have a go rather than do nothing at all, and then (laughs) and and hope that you know you can help one another well make it a little bit more I'm not going to say PC because that makes it all sound so boring and like our laces are tied up but you know guide people to the right line of doing things for you Mm. you know Um,
3: yeah. yeah I mean I think we've all got to have more compassion and patience with each other as we learn to navigate what is an increasingly diverse world that needs inclusion more than ever and needs that sense of belonging and and just acknowledge that it's really difficult it is nuanced and it's um, you know, all all the sort of same I think principles apply in terms of, you know, if you're gonna make fun of something, make fun of yourself, not others. Um yeah. uh, you know, if Which you're gonna yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> <Always remember that. laughs> another one of my learnings. <laughs> um, um and and sort of respect others' views and listen to them and uh and you know be aware of the expectations you're putting on others, um, and yourself. Be aware of what you're trying to protect from who. You know, I think so much of giving a sense of belonging is is, is us dealing with our own, you know, fears and um, and that's hard mm. because many many of the conditional belonging that I experienced was people asking you to adjust yourself so they felt comfortable with what was an awkward thing
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and then then we all feel awkward and then I try and be something that I wasn't very good at doing like dressing in heels. i
2: I'm yeah. just going to say at my wedding you wore heels and you looked Flippin' fabulous. Well, can I just say, I actually love it. (laughs) I actually love it. Were you looking for a compliment? I think that's what you were fishing for, really. (laughs) I know I was.
3: When it's super dressy, I'm actually really good and I love it. When it's corporate, I feel... like really clunky i'm just not the yeah also
1: isn't this a an element of you know choice and and control and feeling like you want to be who you are in a different context or a different setting so that could be dressing a certain way in a different setting too uh, which i think is yeah is important
3: so, so we, need, true. we definitely
2: need to do an episode on like what we wear for different circumstances because yeah. this oh that's so lot. fun yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> next time gadget um yeah
3: so Indy, i hope that i mean i hope that uh, answered your question um i i think it's it's more a deeply personal thing i think i think corporates sometimes we can get so caught up in the corporate world of doing very corporate type things and I think they're important because they're good symbols but I think the actual sense of belonging mm-hmm. happens when I'm face to face with a person and they're face to face with me or we're in a group mm-hmm. and who's being included who's it's it's very simple things in fact mm-hmm. um and and how we're including each other
0: definitely you said before mm-hmm. um the I love i wrote it down that you weren't a baked cake when you're referring to yourself early in your career mm. and I think that is such a good way of thinking about it but it also makes me just reflect on you know young people coming into the workforce and what industry they're joining and whether it's a super corporate industry or whether it's a company that is super eccentric and it's great if you're creative and mm. the influence that might have on the person they shape up to be because they sort of either shut off Mm -hmm. a certain part of their personality or bring out a certain part of their personality just to feel Mm -hmm. like they fit into that culture and to grab onto that sense of belonging. So, I mean, it's
2: just, it's, it's a bit of a scary thought for sure. You actually, Indy, you've touched on a really Mm. raw nerve for me. I've been having this, I've just recently changed industries and I've always said that I was a bit out of place in my previous industries it was something I made a point of saying because I could feel how much it didn't fit my sense of self and it's not that I never felt that I didn't belong necessarily but I could also feel like I wasn't truly expressing or developing the aspects of myself through the years as I got older that I probably would have chosen to like because you ultimately have Mm. choice right about who you want to be and how you want to show up and so it's interesting now to be in a completely different industry and suddenly feel like I'm like oh I have permission Mm. to start to explore that more and develop something which maybe 15 years ago if I'd been in this industry might have just naturally taken its course but now I almost have to work hard to bring out that true sense of myself mm. in a different context. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Anyway.
1: Um, Mads, thank you so much for joining us today and being generous with your experiences and how you have grown uh, in your career and um, shared the value of allies in terms of making sure that you've had a feel um, a strong sense of, of belonging. Um, we hope to ba- have you back on the podcast really soon. Um, and if you'd like to, to hear more from us at XYZ at work, please share this episode as well as others with family and friends. And we'd love to hear from you if there's any other topics that you would like to, to hear next.
3: Thanks, ladies. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh-oh.
2: We don't actually have
3: No, I was going to say.